everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled jeff gluck podcast i'm your host jeff gluck and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast this time it's with tyler reddick the xfinity series champion who now drives for richard children's racing i know on the last podcast if you listen to these in order i said that the next one was going to be a post-race podcast from dover and guess what that didn't happen i think it's the first time actually since i started the podcast that i didn't do a post-race podcast and uh what happened was I decided to stay over an extra day at Dover and uh, so that I could uh, cover the race, but that left me with no time uh, to do anything post-race. So I, as soon as the checkered flag waved, dashed to the airport and so uh, didn't get the chance to do a post-race podcast. So sorry about that. If anybody was hoping to hear one, probably nobody cared that much maybe, but um, anyway, I got a couple tweets about it asking where it was. So that's what happened with that. But back on a regular schedule this week with the 12 questions. So let's jump right into the interview with Tyler Reddick. All right, everybody, I'm here with Tyler Reddick. And uh, Tyler, the first question is, are you an iPhone person or an Android person and why? Man, I'm, I don't have a very good explanation. I guess I'm a creature of habit. Ever since uh, I was really young, I had one of the first iPhones. I was fortunate to have iPhones. I realized they're more expensive than, than most Android phones. But you know, I've been, always been an iPhone guy, always been a MacBook guy, uh, ever since I was really young. Um, let's say a fan meets you in the garage and uh, they might only have like a very quick minute with you, you know, uh, you're walking or something. So between like a selfie, uh, an autograph or like maybe a comment to you, what do you think is the best way for them to maximize that, that brief time? I mean, in a minute, I feel like you can get a lot done. You can sign an autograph, you can take a picture with a fan and, and what was the last thing? A comment? Yeah. Or? Like they could say something to you. Oh, you know, I mean, like you, there's time within a minute for all three, I feel like. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean. If it takes a minute to take a picture, you've probably taken like 14 or 15 pictures. But and I feel like in a minute, you can easily accomplish all that stuff. You know, you can walk and sign real easy. Obviously, as you're walking, they can say stuff to you. Taking a picture, sometimes hard. Uh, with, you know, older phones get good pictures. But as we were talking about, phones have gotten so good. You know, the motion stability, all that stuff. You can pretty much take pictures of anything on the go now. So yeah, I feel like there's plenty of time for all three. Yep. When someone pulls a jerk move on the road, does that feeling compare at all to what it's like when someone pulls a jerk move on the track? I handle what happens with the racetrack a lot better. I lose my mind on the road. Really? Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't want to go into too, too much detail, um, but the last incident happened on the racetrack. I handled it pretty well, realizing you know, I got a long race to go. You know, I mean, I, need, I can get to the end of the race to win this thing. What happens on the road, um, you know, there's no race to win. I'm just driving. Um, I, so I handle road rage off the racetrack a lot worse than I do on the racetrack, I feel like. <laughs> on funny. the racetrack, too. I have no problem. I can run in the back of somebody and wreck them, and I'm not going to go to jail for it. If I get mad at somebody and wreck them on the highway, I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble and lose my license. Probably. If you get caught. <laughs> <laughs> if there's no witnesses, they never know. Wow. You thought this through. I've gotten pretty mad a few times on the oh, road. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, when it, it's kind of funny when you're a race car driver, you expect other drivers to drive the same level that you would, I guess, and be smart on the road and not do dumb things like pull out in front of, right in front of somebody in a, on a highway and then don't speed up or just anything you can imagine. You know what I mean? Like, and the people listening understand what I mean. Like when you're, when you're a good driver, you expect people to drive like good drivers, but when you're a bad driver, you're just okay with everybody else being a bad driver. 
So I think Richard Petty got busted one time for doing something on the road. Have you heard this? No, I, I actually it, never have. I, I need. Well, I'll just edit this out if I'm wrong, but uh, I'll have to Google it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Richard Petty was like running for political office one time, and he had to bow out because he um, he like uh, put his bumper to someone, a, a woman in the in the fast lane who was riding slow, and he got impatient with her, and he like got in trouble or something, and like that ruined his uh, political campaign. So you know, yeah, what happens, you know? Um, one time I I remember driving to meet uh, BKR for the bowling league. And I flashed a guy in front of me that was just riding the right, the left lane as fast as people in the right lane. And he got mad, sped up, pulled over. Then when he pulled over, I was going to pass him. He tried driving me off the road. Whoa. Blocking me. Then when I pulled beside him, he pulled a gun on me. Whoa. It was crazy. Dude, um, that's sketchy. And I've had the other situations where I've lost my cool on somebody. Um, and then they tail me for 40, 40 minutes. And, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, I don't know what that guy was hoping to accomplish, but I had a full tank. And I just drove around in circles for forty minutes, laughing <laughs> as while this he person had his high beams on and his, uh, just like, his I can horn just... blasting constantly. They were videotaping me, but you know they didn't catch what happened beforehand that made him mad. But they surely, you know, had the videotape of them tailing me for more than I don't know. There's there's some sort of law. I was told that like you tail somebody for so long, you know, where it's obvious they're following you after so many miles, it's like against the law. But they had that on film at least. So. Yeah. I've seen some interesting things happen on the road, whether it's road rage or just pure accident. The other day when I was heading to RCR, I was just going down the road, and I happened to glance over in the left lane. I saw a car, like, hit the, the K-rail and start flipping, and I was like, what Whoa. The Are you serious? Heck? Yeah. It was, it was wild. Right wow. in front of me. And, I mean, it was construction. I couldn't stop. There's nowhere to pull off the road and stop. I mean, there was already – the first car's still flipping. There's people already out of their cars running towards you know, the accident. It was – it was crazy. Wow. I don't know what ended up happening to that person, but crazy things happen in construction areas. Dang. That's all I can say. That's wild. Um, well, speaking of this, maybe, uh, has there ever been a time when you've had a sketchy situation with your safety equipment? Of course, on the track, not uh, in, a, um, in a construction zone. You know, I've, I've had uh, one time when I was really, really young racing uh, outlaw carts. I used to wear arm restraints. And we, if you ran open, well, you ran arm restraints. It was a given. Um, unless you're crazy and you know you just had balls of steel but uh, my arm restraint uh, my dad used to tell me to put my seatbelts on when I was really young and this is probably the last time he ever put my seatbelts on for me but I was just so young I didn't know what I was doing I was like five or six years old I think um, and my arm restraint got underneath the latch and I didn't realize it because I just had my hands resting on my side when I went on the racetrack and turned into the corner with my arms for the first time and undid my seatbelts wow. in, the, in the go-kart that was an outlaw car. It was only going like 50 miles an hour, but still, those things flip and crazy things happen. Um, so it was unsettling, to say the least. But, you know, in, in recent memory, I can't remember I've had a seatbelt fail or anything like that. Um, so I've been pretty fortunate. Yeah, okay. Um, if your crew chief put a super secret illegal part on your car that made it way faster, would you want to know about it? Absolutely, yeah. You would want um, to know. Yeah. I mean, we're all in this together. Like, I, I never, I understand that there's some areas they don't want me to know about, probably to give them their own safety. Uh, everyone's always, you know, all the really people work so hard on these race cars now, and there's such a tight window around each car, and there's so many gray areas and so different many places that I really don't know if anyone ever really is super blatantly cheating. Um, but if it ever was super, super obvious. You know, if I could know to maybe help keep us from getting in trouble at times, that would be good. But, you know, maybe at the same time, maybe it's best that I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. 
being the driver, working on you know working on my dirt cars and, and you know trying to push all the limits we could. I, I never tired out, but apparently that was something that you know was a huge gain on the dirt tracks. And you can't do it over here on asphalt, uh, just the way it all works. But uh, it was something I you know it's one of those things where if I can help, you know keep our secret then yeah but if it's an, an area where i can't help keep the secret it's probably best i don't know because then you know i'm not potentially messing it up and and bring and exposing it if we are trying to get away with said secret right okay um what is a food you would not recommend eating right before a race and are you pe- are speaking from personal experience with this recommendation um so when i was in vegas uh i had lobster but i always i, I like eating seafood because i feel like i can eat a good amount of seafood and you know other than the one off chance that it makes me sick. Um, I feel really great on race day and I feel like I ate something that's fulfilling but doesn't make me feel bloated or, or whatever when I get in the race car. But for some reason, you know, the lobster right disagreed with me a little bit. I wouldn't say I was like getting, having issues in the race car, but all, all day leading up to, um, it was it was messy business. Mm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't envy that. Um, it happens. <laughs> when you when you grow up eating Taco Bell on the road and eating nothing but volatile food, you get pretty tough. So I've been fortunate to only have a few mishaps. Yeah, I would say you're you've been lucky then. Uh, is there life in outer space, and if so, do they race? I mean, there's always racing of some kind, right? We we have, you know, we have runners that race at the Olympics. We have swimming, and that that's a race to me. Um, life, in a sense, is a race if you wanted to look at it. So. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think there's something out there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if uh, human beings as we are today would, you know, understand or say that that is, live, it is life because life means so many. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Life, life can mean a million different things and how something lives could be beyond our comprehension. But I think there's possibility. If there's planets out there, there's got to be something out there. Yeah. Okay. There's a reason for it other than us to look at it and say, oh, look, Pluto, you know, oh, that's a that's moon now. My bad. Yeah. That's right. They downgraded. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not good enough anymore. <laughs> Poor Pluto. Um, what do drivers talk about when they're standing around at driver intros before a race? It's de- it depends on who you're around. Um, you know, when I'm around guys like Matt Crafton, I know who like I've made really mad on the racetrack in the past. Uh, I like to go up sometime when I was a little bit younger and a little bit more stupid at times. Like I remember the first time I was ever in Kentucky when we got no practice, no qualifying, we lined up based off owners points. I went up to Matt like right before, right at the start of the race, and I said, "Hey, Brad told me we don't have to lift around this racetrack." And this is old Kentucky, and he looked at me like, "No, you have to lift." Like I freaked him out. I think I, I'm going to tell myself I got to him because I beat him on the start, my first ever laps on Kentucky Speedway. I led, and I didn't even know where I was going. But I've, I've said stuff like that, and then I've been the guy that just sits. And normally I'm pissed off, so I don't really want to talk to anybody right before the race because I'm never really happy unless we're you know two or three tenths better than everybody. So I'm always mad when I'm in. Uh, getting ready for the race that's so funny though that, like you, you kind of trolled somebody uh, and a veteran at that uh you're just like i'm gonna go troll well, a guy he knows that i'm just like that first year I ran full time against him he was always getting mad at me for racing too hard and i was just dirt guy i liked to race really hard and you know i didn't understand the consequences of side side drafting people too hard so i just race really really hard all the time when i didn't have to and i've understood that a little bit now um, so when I, when I asked him that he thought I was being dead serious and he really thought I was going to do it. Wow. Like, I know he did. And I think like, that's why his reaction was such now he would have known I was joking, but I yeah. had no experience and I was known for driving way too hard all the time. So I'm sure I had him convinced I was actually going to try it. Oh my God. That's great. Uh, Tyler, what makes you happy right now? 
what makes me happy right uh, is this like in general or racing I, I that's a tough question it's, it's gonna make me crack I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know having I've, I've, I've having having fast race cars always helps on the weekend um, going back to the house and you know having a good stable home you know me and my, my girlfriend are doing a lot better um, you know everything having things good at home is nice too I've had a little bit of chaos with lawnmower breaking down and my yards not the way I want it and stuff like that that gets me a little bit but you know race cars are fast you know so my, my job my career everything like that's going well there's a couple things on the other side I want to you can always make you're never going to be perfect right life's never going to be perfect so you can always have areas to improve on but this year so far I've been really happy I've been having a lot more fun at the races um, and I've been able because I'm having so much more natural fun I'm able to just feel like I'm able to focus on what I should be doing a lot more just naturally than I I feel like I have in the past hmm, okay um, let's say a sponsor comes to you and they're like, Tyler, great news. We're going to fully fund the entire rest of your racing career. Um, but there's a condition and that is that you have to wear a clown nose and an eighties rocker wig and in every interview you do for the rest of your career. So would you, Oh, okay. You, you yeah, do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the stability is something that people die for these days in this sport. So you just don't have it. So if I got to do that by all means, yeah, let's do it. Win races. I don't care. Okay. I mean, I, I'll wear the wig, uh, whatever it takes. I'm willing to do it. Okay. Um, so this is the 10th year I've been doing these 12 questions interviews, and I've never repeated a question until now. So if you pick a number between 1 and 100, I'm going to pull up a random question from the past for you to answer. Well, because it's Talladega, because Barstool Sports is going to be here, and this place is known for, you know, for the party, uh, the big one. i got to go with 69. 69, okay. You know. How often do you talk inside the car without hitting the radio button? I did it a little bit at first um, when I came from dirt racing over here, just because I, I, for some reason, the dirt car, I just lose my mind sometimes and scream. Um, but I realized when I've come over to here, I've got a lot more people I'm working with. When it was just me and my dad, we didn't have radios. It was dirt racing. So no one ever going to hear what you have to say. But um, no, now I, I don't I don't key up. You know, if I, if I say something, I'm keying up for it. I don't really ever yell in the race car about this guy blocking, doing this, or wrecking me. Um, I stay pretty silent. If I key up, if I have something to say, that's when it's going to be said. Okay. Um, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next oh, interview. Um, so last really one was uh, Ryan Blaney, and he has a question for you, which is he wants to know about your Xfinity championship and your celebration. Uh, like, how did you celebrate it? Do you have any stories from celebrating it that night? Like, what was your whole reaction afterwards? Well, it, it's funny. It's a question that's actually been asked a lot because I guess people think I like to have fun or something. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the night that night was great. We took the pictures. You know, me and Dave had a couple beers as we were, you know, taking our pictures in turn three and four. Um, had a, you know, enjoying the moment. Uh, we get home. We, we go to the classy joint of Saeed's um, <laughs> till it, it – uh, it closed down, and then we went to another fine establishment. That's all I'm going to call it. Uh, you know, we, we had a good night. We, we enjoyed that night. But from that point until the banquet, I don't think I drank. I didn't do anything. I didn't celebrate. I got home from our, our party that night, and well, into the early morning, and my cat was sick. I'd take her to the emergency vet. I was at the emergency vet all night. 
and then uh, I had other things going on. I was running around like crazy until the banquet, and I really didn't have another moment to to take it in and absorb it. Wow, it was it was it was odd. Like, I you know, Dale told me like make sure you enjoy you know this championship. It's special. Make sure you take the time to enjoy it. And I I didn't know what he meant by that at first, but I kid you not, it time just blew by. I was doing this, doing that. I never really other than that night we got home I, and and the banquet at, at Whiskey River. I didn't really take and really have a lot of time to celebrate it. Huh, interesting. So But you, that's life. That's life. Literally. You said your cat got sick like right after the initial like right after you got home from Homestead or yeah, from the, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you was like, sick. I oh. my cat wasn't doing good when I left for Homestead. I thought she was just going to snap out of it. You know, cats are you know, creatures of habit. They get yeah. weird funk sometimes. My cat was hiding, no one could find her. She'd lost like half her weight wasn't eating wasn't going to the bathroom oh, she wow. had set she had a blockage in her system and almost killed her it was pretty crazy wow i mean it's a cat's a cat say what you will about cats but my cat's pretty badass more badass than most dogs <laughs> so i i take pride in owning a cat wow so that's how you saw it. you're sitting at the vet's office you just yeah. got back from partying yeah. and holding up the trophy and there you are in the <laughs> vet's sad office thinking your... my cat's getting ready to pass away i was like Wow. What is going on? Wow, that is interesting. So um, the next interview I'm doing is going to be with Eric Jones. Um, do you have a question that I might be able to ask Eric? I'm terrible at asking questions. I'm, this, is, this part's new to me. <laughs> I'm not used to asking. It's hard. It's hard, yeah. My question for Eric refers to the 2015 Truck Series Championship run. He was so fast all year long, looked to be the favorite to win the championship, but he did not win until June. What did he have to find within himself? What did he have to figure out to finally break through and win? And then from there, go on and go on, win three races and ultimately close out and win the championship. It's a good good question. That's very good. Yes. Like, you know, professionally asked too. Yes. There's probably better words, but I'm not good at asking the question. I thought I thought you did very well. Okay. Well, if if you really think so, then I'm I'm good with it. (laughs) Okay. If you think I could reword it one more time better, then I'm all for it. I I think you're golden. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I had fun doing it. All right, everybody. There you have it. Tyler Reddick on the podcast, and uh, I edited out some of the uh, (laughs) agonizing he was going through there with his question. He probably took like uh, four or five minutes to come up with the question and then wanted to get it exactly right. So uh, that's what that was there at the end. He, he really cared about asking the question the right way and getting the words right and coming up with a good one. So uh, I think I think it was just fine. So thanks to Tyler for doing that and doing the interview. We actually had to reschedule a little bit because that was the weekend at Talladega when he had to qualify the car for Brendan Gone, who was going to his uh, child's first communion. So he wasn't there. So... Um, Tyler Reddick had to jump in the car and take a practice lap under NASCAR regulation. So he came to me. He's like, oh, uh, we have to reschedule. You know, uh, we have to move it around a little bit. Is that okay? I'm like, dude, it's fine. It's fine. But a very nice down-to-earth guy who is obviously uh, courteous and conscientious when it comes to other people's time. So that was nice of him to even care about that in the first place. Very interesting, interesting dude, as you heard in the interview. Anyway, coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, something I'm very excited about, and that is uh, one of the Driven Life series interviews, but it's with Sherry Pollux, Martin Truex Jr.'s longtime partner, and she obviously has quite a inspirational story and outlook on life based on her battles with cancer. 
Uh, she obviously views things differently than somebody who's never been through that. So I got to sit down and talk to her about that. So hopefully that's something you will take time to listen to this week. And then I will be at Kansas Speedway Saturday night for the Cup Series race there. And I will do a post-race podcast after that race. So uh, stay tuned for that unless something else crazy happens. And I have somehow two weeks in a row with no post-race podcast, but I don't think that will be the case. Anyway, thank you so much for listening as always. And I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.